The local church is a collection of people who are being transformed by Jesus, who live in a community purposefully to model and proclaim Jesus. Scripture tells us to be prepared to give an answer for the hope that we have. Every story is unique. Each person is an individual who has met Jesus. All of us have strengths and weaknesses. Together, we are the church, and these are our stories. Welcome back to the Generations Church Podcast. I'm Jeff Ludington, lead pastor at Generations Church, and we're in our Stories of Faith series. Today, I have Maureen Sada with me. Welcome, Maureen. Thank you for having me. This is someone who I am learning to like, but my wife absolutely loves, and so she'll be very happy. Um, Maureen has a great story. It doesn't begin here, begins in Indonesia. And so take me back to really faith coming to your family back in Indonesia. Yeah, so it started with my grandma and grandpa from my mom's side. And uh, they came to Christ from a Chinese missionary that came to Christ from a British missionary uh, that came to China. Um, Hudson Taylor and uh, John Song is the name of the Chinese missionary so they came to Christ my mom obviously from my grandpa's side just came to Christ from it it's yeah it's generations to generations okay yeah so then so you are raised in a Christian household yep and um, I know that uh, I, I want you to tell people that don't know this, like, what is the education in Indonesia like? And, and that gets you to Christian education with your mom. So talk about that a little bit. Right. So my mom was the religion teacher in my elementary school. It's a private Christian school, too, because okay. if you go to public school, it's mostly Muslim. Okay. It's all Muslim. Public schools in Indonesia are all Muslim. So okay. you have to wear all the... Like um, the hijab. Burqa and yeah. all of that. Okay. Well, not burqa. Burqa is the one with just eyes, right? Sure. I, I, I don't know. It's those I'll never make it as an, a, a scholar piece. for Islam. So, <laughs> yeah. So, but that is the culture in Indonesia. Yes. It's very Muslim culture. Right. So, you have private ed- education options of Catholicism Catholic. and Protestant Christianity. Right. Your mom teaches religion at a Christian school. Right. And so, you go there. Right. And I go to that school since elementary school. And... um how she started she wasn't paid as a teacher there she was sitting i was maybe first grade or kindergarten i hated school really hated school so i threw up one day in school and um i just wanted my mom had to pop up her head every time by the window so make sure that i have to make sure that she's there because i don't want i want her to be there all the time so yeah she decided like hey this is christian school there was no Christian, there was no praying, there was nothing. So she started volunteering. And okay. Yep. And uh, I became the child of the religion teacher. So no pressure, right? <laughs> no pressure. All. Your mom teaches religion at a Christian school. Mm-hmm. You attend. And so you're a saint in elementary oh, school. Oh, yes. Of Angels. Course. Even my mom said so. She's like, I don't know what happened to you. <laughs> okay. So take, so then, so I, uh, as I know the story, so then you go to middle school and things change. Things definitely change. Okay, well tell us about that. So yeah, my mom wasn't there anymore and I guess I was more like a person that 
needs touch and more like love and that's i'm always looking for dating guys loving and and my dad loves me but it's the asian culture we're like not touch no touch right no show emotions kind of like that but okay so i was yearning for love i was looking for love and i was looking for it in many different guys just Okay. Dating. I've been dating since maybe I was in sixth grade or just okay. never not That's have early. a boyfriend. Right. <laughs> so there's if you're listening right now and you're old and white like me, you hear looking for love in all the wrong places, a horrible country song, which <laughs> probably means nothing to you, but that's all right. So <laughs> so you get to middle school mm-hmm. and you're dating pretty early, but you have this internal sense of looking for love. So how yeah. does that play out? So, yeah, I kept dating guys to another guy and growing up in a mom that is really faithful and she always like virginity is very important you are the bride of christ you know it's just so purity purity is a big value value. and part of the culture too because it's not like it's here like you're gonna be shamed you are part of your you as a your children is like your crown kind of right. thing. I know my mom doesn't really uh, buy into that culture thing, well, but she it's can't. You kind of broke that exactly. for her. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> if you're listening, Eastern culture is very different than Western culture, mm-hmm. and um, as simple as like when you meet someone who's Chinese or Korean or something like that, they're they go by their family name, not their individual yep. name, right? Because family is more important. So family above individual exactly same idea so your job as a child bring you know honor to your family yep but now you're dating and how you've kind of said shame so how does shame enter the story here yeah so i lost my virginity maybe around 14 and then i kept dating the same guy and my mom didn't approve it i always sneak out and even go to like dinky hotel it's just so that I can be with him or go to his house, you know, all that stuff. But then I realized, and then we broke up, and then right. I realized, I think that's it, you know, for me. And I will not marry this guy, and I lost my virginity, and it was just flood of de- sadness, I guess, and just depressed that that's it. I feel really dirty, and I uh-huh. feel... Just like even the whole body felt really dirty. It's like it's just that shame, that deep shame that no one is going to want me anymore. Mm. Did you talk to your family about it? Like, did you talk to your mom about it? After, yeah. Like years after. Years later. Okay. (laughs) So you're in this place where you know you've been contrary to the faith you're being raised in. Mm Mm-hmm you know you've acted contrary to what your family wants for you. Yeah. And at this point, and now that you're not with a guy anymore, and so everything hits, and this brings you to a real low. And yeah. so so talk to me about that. Yeah, so it was just that one night we broke up, and I was just so depressed, and I was 15, and it's just that I don't want to be here anymore. No one's going to love me. If my mom knew this, it, you know, just all that thoughts flooded in my head. So I, I committed suicide. I decided to take out my life. I'm done. Hmm. I took a 
bunch of painkiller pills, a whole bottle of it, and fell asleep. Okay, so <laughs> clearly it didn't take your life. You're here, so that's good. So I know that this becomes the, the pivot point for your life. Mm-hmm. So you've taken the pills and you said you fall asleep. So what happens that, so I know Jesus enters the story here. So tell, tell us about, so how does Jesus enter into your story in this moment? Yeah, so he actually met me. I think all my life I've always have that stories, who Jesus is, stories of the Bibles, but it never really relate in a way. It's okay. just stories. But when I fell asleep, crying, falling asleep, and um, it's just, you know, that felt of warmth. And then there's that word that kept in my head that I still love you no matter what. And Mm. yeah, it's, and then the verse Roman 5, 8, when while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Mm Mm-hmm that just hits me and I was suddenly just fine. I was comforted. It was more of peaceful. So I came out very peaceful. I came, I woke up and I was just peaceful. I knew who I am. Now I really know how, who I am. So, okay. So one, I'm super grateful you woke up. And, and again, I know my wife is super grateful. She loves you and you guys cause all kinds of trouble. And so I know that's really important. But so you start a night. We're going to, I'm just going to use, I don't know if it's night and morning, but you start, you begin here, shame, guilt, pain, depression, mm-hmm. low, right? So your decision is to take your own life. So you take a bunch of pills. And as your, what could have taken your life and what could have truly killed you, as that starts to influence your body physically, mm-hmm. what is also going on is, is kind of, Jesus is revealing himself to you in a new way. Yes. You were raised as a Christian, but like you said, you knew all the stories, but it wasn't quite personal yet. Right. We often talk, and I know you said this earlier, like religion versus kind of a relationship with Jesus. Yes. And so, so Jesus enters in here and like speaks to you, says, I love you no matter what. You have this Bible verse that, you know, even in your ungodliness, Christ died for you in that moment. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have to earn his love. He died for you while you're a sinner. And you wake up from a suicide attempt, mm-hmm. peaceful. Yeah. That never happens. No. That's amazing. And so, okay, so take me from there. So you wake up, it's the next day, right? Yeah. You wake up and how does Jesus begin to transform your life? as you come out of that. Yeah, it's not peach and sunshine all the time obviously. I still fall for the same sin and okay. uh, but uh but I know who I am and okay. I know that he will always forgive me, but why would I want to be stuck in that sin? So it's just God always pulled me to different people different uh, church or just there's always people pulling me back when I fall and and obviously God placed them there right so yeah she said something really powerful a lot of times people will take the grace of the gospel and think okay well then that means I can go do whatever I want but that's not that's not real so you have this experience with grace and forgiveness 
and it leaves you wanting to be different. Yeah. And so even when you, because you're not, you don't wake up the next day and automatically everything is, you know, I'm all perfect now, right? Mm -hmm. And no one does that, right? And so you still make some of the same mistakes, Mm -hmm. but start learning from them differently. Yes. And Jesus is engaging you in those mistakes and drawing you to people and churches. Mm -hmm. Well, I know that this takes a big shift in, I think you said 2008. Um, So you meet your husband then. So tell me about that. This is all, by the way, if you're listening, all of this takes place in Indonesia. We haven't even gotten to America yet. So, (laughs) so take me to that. Yeah. So I met my husband at uh, his cousin's wedding in Indonesia. That was in 2006. And then, um, yeah, he immediately fell in love with me, but I did it. Well, who would not (laughs) fall in love with you? Right. Okay. So, so, so Brahmin is the story (laughs) in Indonesia. Yes. And then falls in love with you. Yeah. You have like a long distance thing for a while or exactly. what? Exactly. We had a long distance for about a year. He okay. kept calling me with all those calling cards. Thousands <laughs> of dollars have gone for those. That's funny. <laughs> but yeah, he's um, he's, a, he's a Catholic background. But we talked about faith. And um, when we were talking long distance relationship and I made sure where I am at for with him. But sure. so... But I guess it's more like with all these other guys that I've dated, I've never dated the right guy all the time anyways. Right. He seems to be the best out of all. So, okay, okay God, why not? You know, and he right. kept pursuing me like full on, you know, calling me three times a day and all that. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, he seems to, this guy seems to really love me, you know. So, right. let's go and see, I know. And so you legitimately go thousands go. of miles exactly. over an ocean to Southern California. Yep. Okay. So from there, I meet you, and I don't know if it was 2000, I guess it was 2010, right when Lisa and I moved back into the area, and I take over El Dorado Park Community Church, which mm-hmm. was all, I mean, all senior citizens. There was like less than five people under 60. Yep. And there was for sure less than five people that were not white. <laughs> and so it is traditionally older yeah. and white and like super Dutch. And <laughs> the pastor that was the interim pastor there is in his 80s. His name's Chet Droog, somebody who was a mentor to me who has now uh, passed away and, and but was huge in my life. And I meet you there. Yes. So how do you... I mean, it's the obvious question. How do you end up in a church where no one looks like you, no one is your age group, and what I learned later is you're still kind of struggling to learn English and fit in. Mm-hmm. So how did you get to El Dorado? Well, I lived like two blocks away from there. That'll do it. Okay. <laughs> exactly. And it was a reformed church, and right. I grew up with a reformed church in Indonesia, sure. so that's what I'm familiar with too. Because where I grew up in Indonesia, it's either reformed church or all the progressive kind of oh, okay. or more like the the one that with speaking in tongue very pentecostal and, yeah, yeah pentecostal right, that's right. the word yeah so either that or that so okay let's lean on i'm, I'm leaning on more to the reform church but yeah, it was well, reform evangelical reform? that's what sure. they call it yeah so the dutch the dutch reform church which was you know huge from holland forward so for 500 years mm-hmm. They, there's a lot of Dutch Indonesian, yes. there's a lot of Dutch influence in Indonesia. And so, so that tradition carries on. So you get over here, 
mm. to America, and there's an actual Dutch Reformed church with white Dutch people older. But what made you stay when nobody looked like you or was even in the same age bracket? Like, what drew you to the people? I think it's just the word of God. I just okay. love the word of God that is being preached from it. And it just, you know, and the people was nice too. All sure. the old totally people were. are really nice. They threw me a baby shower. I and remember. Yeah. Yeah, they were really nice too. The community is great. And the word. So I just kept hanging on there and keep That's following awesome. wherever you go. Yep. <laughs> and so then I get there and clearly now we know exactly. I'm like, okay, now, oh, well, you know, Jeff's here. So now it totally makes sense to stay. <laughs> okay, exactly. maybe my wife. Maybe you stay well, for my yeah. wife. I don't know. <laughs> so here's what I, I heard from you. There's this overarching theme. And if I could draw a lesson from your story, I would say this. You really did look for love in a way that could never fulfill you. Mm-mm. You looked for it in, it wasn't even men yet, like it was boys, yes. you know, but I mean, you were, so you're, you're looking to find that in a human relationship, mm. which can't be, it can't be fulfilled. Brom can't fulfill it as a husband, mm-hmm. you know, a, a pastor, me, a friend, somebody else, and it can't be fulfilled in a human being. Yeah. So you eventually have to find that in Jesus. Now you do that in dramatic fashion, right? I mean, like very you go dramatic, yeah. to a very deep, dark place. But once you've actually found true love in Jesus, mm-hmm. then you're able to kind of work through your next series of dating relationships, even the ones that are not good or not pure, mm-hmm. but you realize, okay, these aren't it. Yeah. And you get to Brahm who loves you differently. And now inside your faith, you get to find truly a husband and a love and someone who loves you a ton. Yes. So you get here. And you guys build a life here. So three crazy kids later, you said yes. earlier, right? <laughs> and you've been married now. It's got to be 10, 12 years, something like 13 that. 13 years. 13 years. Okay. So so clearly, shout out to Brom for marrying crazy Maureen <laughs> and having crazy <laughs> Thank kids. You. Thank you, Brom. Okay. So, <laughs> but I got I to gotta say this as we, as we wrap up your story, um, you've been to a place I haven't been. I've had dark, deep lows. But I never, I never attempted to take my own life. I lost my best friend to suicide. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you know, you were around. Um, yeah. And uh, so it has a place, I mean, this is going to sound weird, but people that struggle with that level of depression and suicide um, or struggle to take their own life, they have a special place in my heart. So mm-hmm. what would you say to someone, and maybe I have two questions, to a young girl who thinks she can find love in a dude, right? And we know, but we're now we're older and more mature. Exactly. What do you say to that young girl from, from that little girl you were to the little girl, to the young woman listening? What would you say about find, trying to find love in a human being, in a man, right? Yeah. And what would you say to anyone who is struggling with wanting to, to be alive? Mm-hmm. I would say to the young girl, Look else nowhere. Look else no more. Look else no more. Just, it's it's there. He is there, whether you like it or not. He, Who, who's he? Jesus okay. is there. <laughs> yeah. All right, good. <laughs> yeah. Got it. Jesus is there, and he's right there sitting next to you. I mean, you can't see him, but he is there. Right. Sometimes we forgot about that because we're so, you know, 
distracted with all the things that yeah we're doing sure. i think we're doing something for the lord but he is the one who's doing it but uh, yeah i think yeah just look else nowhere no more because so if i'm there. hearing you right quit looking for it in a person and this so this yeah. applies to men too like you're trying to find love in a woman yeah. right whatever even a spouse, anything, yeah. you can't find it in a human, find it in Jesus, and then that'll fix the that'll human relationship. everything, right. yeah. What about the person who just, here's your story right now, and maybe somebody is listening right now, and in their head, they would rather not be alive. What would you say? There is someone that wants you alive. Mm. There is someone that has something for you to do until he'll tell he'll tell you when to come back home okay so real you, home real home <laughs> right so there is hope beyond the pain of today so do you and I, we didn't talk about this ahead of time so like do you still struggle with that deep depression do you or do you want to live now Yes, I do. Okay. So <laughs> that's a big change, right? So yes. you really want to live now. I do whenever God still wants me to live. So right. I take it day at a time sure. because he meets me in that little things in that wiping your kid's butt every day, <laughs> you know, and just he meets us in that little things. And why I, I want that and mm-hmm. I want why would I not want what he had planned for me? Don't settle for less because we always settle for less when we go our way. Mm. When when he has much better plan for us. When we settle for the things of this world, looking at all these guys, looking at love in food and man so, and everything of this world, we're settling for less. So that, re- that uh, relates to both relationships and life don't settle for less. Don't settle for less. That's awesome. <laughs> well, Maureen, I, Maureen, I, I want to say thank you. Um, I, uh, man, I love you. I, I appreciate you. You've been around for a while, and um, I've gotten to see your kids yes. born and growing up now. And I know you help lead uh, like a young moms group, and and have done that. So you are amazing. First of all, I'm glad you woke up. I'm glad Jesus changed your life. I know my wife loves you and she's glad as well. And if you've been listening, we're doing these stories of faith, these podcasts, this series, because my story is one thing. And then as you just heard, Maureen's is different. And everybody has their story of how Jesus changed their life. Every true follower of Jesus has this moment, if not many moments, but how Jesus changes everything. And so we're telling these stories to get to know each other better, but also because Maureen's story is going to reach someone in a new way that I can't. And Jesus uses all of us to reach new people. So subscribe, share this with someone you think might need to hear it, and continue to listen. We'll drop a new episode next week with another story of faith. Thank you for listening to this story about how Jesus made a difference. Generations Church is filled with ordinary people who met an extraordinary Savior. Subscribe so you don't miss a single story. Would you stop and share this with one friend today? The story of Jesus is most easily seen in the lives of people who know Him.